Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to episode number three. And today I'll be sharing just a little peek of what the first week of school looks like for me. And I swear to goodness, every single year, we like start school on a completely different day. So this year, we have two teacher days on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then students will come on Thursday and Friday. And I really like kind of having just that two or three day week. And that has honestly varied. Sometimes our first teacher day might be on a Monday and a Tuesday, and then students come Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It really varies. Either way, I kind of like having a short week. We can take time to talk about procedures, do some assessments, do some beginning of the year things. And then the next week, we're ready to dive in to a true first week of school where, yes, we're still learning what our classroom is like and all of the things that we do, but we can kind of have a quote unquote normal week. So what I'm going to share for you today is kind of just some of the things that I've done, but know that that kind of varies depending, are we talking about a two-day week? Are we talking about a three-day week? Or in the past, I've even had, you know, a whole entire week of school. So it really, really depends on what we have going on. So all of that being said, here's what I do during the first week of school. Before students even arrive, I want you to get IEPs at a glance printed and prepped. So oftentimes most districts have one or two teacher days. Some have even more than that. Um, But take some time to get those printed and distributed to all of your teachers. That way, during your actual first week of school with students or those first couple of days, whatever you have, you're not spending it working on some of the more paperwork side of things. So get those IEPs at a glance printed in advance. If you are working in a district that does not have a program that does this easily for you, I'm sorry. For me, this is quick and easy. It takes me longer to print them and kind of sort things out than it does to actually generate it and pass them out. So it still requires some time and I have to plan for that. But usually that's something that I can easily get done during the first half or the second half of one of my teacher days. Then once it's time for students to actually enter your building, you're ready to start seeing students, working on schedules, and doing some other kind of housekeeping things with your students. So here's what I do. And this may be different from school to school, but a lot of times special education teachers or ELL staff, title staff, other extras who don't have classrooms often meet and greet students, help get new kindergartners to their rooms, things like that. So I am usually just present and trying to help get kids to the right place, um, answer questions of parents as they're coming in, that kind of thing. So be ready to meet and greet students and be present for that first hour or two of the day. 
I also usually try to help the kindergarten teachers um, float from classroom to classroom, as do a lot of other special ed teachers, EL, our speech and language teacher, that kind of thing. Um, we're just available for the first couple of hours because we know how crazy it can be in kindergarten. So not that you have to um, bother other teachers who don't want your help, but maybe make yourself available to those who might need it. Um, we also spend a little bit of time working on tagging students, like these are kids who got off a bus, they got off bus 19, they got off bus 14, they got off bus 13. Um, that way, whenever they go home, we know that they're on the right bus. We tag our car riders, things like that. So as a special ed teacher, I often have odd jobs for those first couple of hours of the first day of school, just to help make dismissal a little smoother, to help um, kids arriving get to the right classrooms, things like that. So if you are a new teacher or you're in a new district, I don't want you to think, oh, I truly have eight hours or seven and a half hours of work time. Um, not always. A lot of times, even though you may not be pulling students on that first day, um, there are things for you to do um, that really eat up a little bit more time than what you actually plan for. So maybe have some time in your schedule where you know, okay, I'm going to be at the front office helping with this, or I'm going to be helping in kindergarten. Next, I like to kind of walk around and visit all of the classrooms that I service. So in years past, that would be from kindergarten all the way to third grade. This upcoming year though, because of a grant, I am only um, servicing second and third because we have another teacher doing kindergarten and first. So this year I plan then to be in those second and third grade classrooms, lay eyes on my students, talk to them, hug them, see how their summer was, meet any new students who might be mine, or sometimes we don't always know that they could be ours. And then as we're out walking and we start to see some strengths and weaknesses in kids, we might be like, ooh, that one's on my radar. Ooh, I might need to check their PR for, you know, more paperwork, see if there's something in place there. Um, so I like to just be out and about in my classrooms and meeting and seeing my students, whether they're returning or they're brand new move-in students. Speaking of move-in students, I like to have all of my move-in conferences scheduled either on one of those first teacher days that we have or on the first day of school. And here's why. Oftentimes when you call a parent to schedule a move-in conference, they unload a whole lot of information on you that is important for you to know for the student who's now going to be in your classroom. I don't schedule them for the first week. Usually I ask them, uh, or well, I inform them that they have 10 days and then I ask if they would be okay to meet on day like eight, nine, or 10 of school because I wanna get to know their child. I don't wanna write an IEP for a kid that I barely know and let's be honest, after eight, nine, or 10 days, we still barely know them. But I asked them for, you know, kind of to wait to the end of that time period, just so that we have some extra time. However, I like to schedule all of those in advance before school even starts is ideal. But obviously, there are some kids who show up on the first day of school, and we didn't even know that they had an IEP. So I like to get those scheduled as soon as possible and then I can start to get to know their student, pull them in a small group, that kind of thing, so that I can be getting to know them, but already have that conference schedule. And finally, it's time to start seeing students for me. So I am going to try to start pulling my students as early as Thursday afternoon, which would mean I really only have a half a day, part of which will be meeting and greeting and helping in other areas. 
and then I'm ready to pull my students or I'm going to try to pull my students. And I wanna give them just some quick informal assessments. And so if you have been around my social media or my email list, you already know about my informal assessments that I give to them. And that's what I plan to start the year with, even for students that I've already had in the past. These informal assessments are very quick and it just covers some basic areas of learning. So, um, for example, if they were kindergarten or first grade students, I might ask them to read some letters, say letter sounds, maybe verbally count, identify some numbers, just very, very basic things. For students who are a little further along than that, I might ask them to read CVC words. I might ask them to read words with beginning blends or ending blends or diagraphs, vowel teams, multisyllabic words, things like that, just to kind of get an idea of where are their, their decoding abilities. And then I would ask them to read some sight words so that I can get a good idea of like, ooh, memorization is a, a strong suit for them. They've memorized a lot of words but they have a hard time decoding words or vice versa. Maybe they try to stretch out every single word that's there and some words we know just don't make sense to stretch out. So I just like to assess them and get a good idea of where they are in reading and in math. So in math, I might have them solve some basic additions or subtraction facts. I might have them solve some two or three digit addition or subtraction, um, multiplication facts, that kind of thing, just to see where they are and I I don't give them the whole assessment unless they're doing really well so sometimes those assessments for some of my lower students it's quick and easy it's like oh we can still see this is what we're going to work on okay you're done and then on to the next student for students who are not working with me one-on-one, -on -one, I have a little beginning of year craftivity that we work on. And this has changed from year to year. And so this year I'm very excited about this little craftivity that we're going to try. And so before, I feel like I'm hop, skipping and jumping around here, but before I tell you about the craftivity, I wanna tell you about two different books that I plan to read to my students. The first one, is called Our Class is a Family. And I absolutely love it because that's what I feel like with my students, especially like the, the group that I'm gonna have this year, I've literally had every single one of them since first or since kindergarten or first grade. I've been through the evaluation process with all of them. I mean, they just hold such a special place in my heart. So I do feel like we're family. And so the book is absolutely amazing. It's quick, it's easy to read, and just kind of sets a tone for what our classroom is and will be like. And so I'll be honest, I love that book. I've read it in the past. And so if I can and I have time, I'm totally reading that book. However, it is going to get shoved aside a little bit for a brand new book that I found this year and oh, I can't wait. This is what ties into the craftivity. So it is called The Magical Yet. I'm not gonna read the whole book to you because I feel like that would probably totally violate copyright laws, but I totally have to read some excerpts to you. So this is how the book begins. It says, there are days when your dreams haven't come true or you're upset by the things you can't do. If you've lost or failed or cried just a bit, you're tired of waiting, ready to quit. Like that shiny new bike you couldn't ride and it didn't matter how hard you tried. You couldn't pedal and you couldn't steer and you couldn't get that bike in gear. 
Then when you thought you were on the right track, you popped a wheelie and fell on your back. And now you won't ride. No way, not ever. No riding for you, you'll walk forever. And so I want to read this intro and kind of talk about things that are hard. Maybe it's riding a bike, maybe it's climbing a tree, maybe it's something that they do outside of here, or maybe it's academic, maybe it's reading, maybe it's solving math problems, maybe it's talking to other people in class. And so I just kind of want to talk to my students about things that are hard for us. And then here's kind of where that craftivity comes in. I want them to draw a picture of them doing something that is hard. And it could be anything. I don't care if it's school related, personal, whatever. It does not matter, but I want them to draw a picture of something that is hard for them after our little brainstorm session. And so in this story, the magical yet is this fictional character that helps you. It gives you power to do things that you couldn't do. And so again, I'd love to read the whole book to you, but I feel like I would probably get in trouble for that. Um, so I'll read another little piece to you where the magical yet has helped. Or it's telling a little bit about the magical yet. So it says, like that shiny new bike that you couldn't ride, hop right back on with yet by your side. Yet doesn't mind warm-ups, fixes, and flops, do-overs, redos, stumbles, and stops. Yet knows there's mistakes, some big and some small. With yet, you're sure to get over them all. And so going back to their craftivity, they've just drawn this picture of something that is hard for them. And then I want to put the magical yet on their head, which if you look on Amazon at the cover, that's what this character has. The character has the magical yet riding on top of her helmet as she's riding her bike. And so I would kind of like for my students to have the magical yet with them doing a task that is hard. Now, here's where I'm getting a little like mushy, okay? And I can't decide if I'm going here or not in real life, but this is what I think. I want my students to see me or the power of yet and myself to work together to help them become better readers, spellers, writers, mathematicians, whatever it is that they feel like they struggle with academically. I want them to see me as the person. And so again, I haven't decided if I'm really doing this, but I really want to take out the word yet and put in Mrs. Welp. So like that shiny new bike that you couldn't ride, hop right back on with Mrs. Wilt by your side. Mrs. Wilt doesn't mind warm-ups, fixes, and flops, do-overs, redos, stumbles, and stops. Mrs. Wilp knows there's mistakes, some big and some small, yet Mrs. Wilp, and so it's mushy, I know, it is so mushy, but that is special ed. That is special ed in a nutshell to me, that I know there are mistakes and some are big and some are small and that some things are hard and some things are easy for other people and that we're going to have to flop at this and fix that and do this over and, and we're going to stumble along the way, but that's okay. And so what I'm trying to do right now is figure out, are my second and third graders going to be like, why the heck is Mrs. Wilt putting her name in this book? But I hope that they'll see that I will be that person 
to help and guide them and that my room is a safe place for them to stumble and flop and redo things and keep trying and trying and trying and that I understand. So I don't know how deep I'm going to get in that, but I have these two books that I want to read, especially The Magical Yet, which I can link in the show notes if you're interested in that book, um, because it's amazing. It, to me, is the perfect special ed teacher's book. So anyway, off of my soapbox, my plan on the first time I actually have kids in my room is to read the book, The Magical Yet, get them started on a craftivity where they're drawing themselves doing something that is hard or difficult for them. And then we're gonna put the magical yet on their head because the magical yet is with them. Or maybe, I'm, it doesn't even have to be on their head, it could be with them because it's by their side. I, I don't care, but we're gonna put the magical yet in their picture. And while they're working on that, I'll be pulling students one-on-one -on -one to quickly assess them. So. I told you I was hop skipping and jumping around. So hopefully that summary lets you see, read the book, do the craftivity. While students are working on the craftivity, I'm going to assess them. So I feel like I made something so simple sound very complicated, which I'm really good at doing. So, but the point is assess your students, see where they are. If you remember a couple episodes ago, I said to sketch out what you would like your schedule to look like, kind of begin penciling in, when will I pull these students? When will we push in for that? Do you have an assistant that you're trying to work with? You know, what is that going to look like? Now that you've actually assessed your students and you've seen what does their progress or lack of progress, what does that summer slide look like coming into August? And then you can start then making some finishing touches on your schedule, which again, that does take a little bit of time. That's not quick and easy, hopefully though, if you've started with kind of an outline or a sketch, now maybe you're just saying, okay, this student really could go to this group instead of this original one that I had placed him in. So I like to assess my students so that then I can really start finishing off a complete schedule. Once again, I'm sharing what my first week of school is going to look like, which happens to only be two teacher days and two student days. So I'm just gonna flow right into the next week because for me, that is the first real week of school. That is the first week where, okay, now I've assessed you and I kind of have two days worth of time with you. Now what are we going to do on Monday whenever we come back? And so for me, I have um, a freebie for you and something that I'm doing a little bit differently this year. For the last year and a half, I have been using um, my resource room reading series, which I love and makes my life so much easier. And while I love it and it's fine, it just dives right into like a first real week with spelling words and sight words and a reading story and a reading test and all of that. And so while that's fine and that might be where some want to go, I kind of want to, I, I usually tell my gen ed teachers that I am going to set a schedule and I'm gonna try to follow it for a week, but I might have to move students around. Sometimes kids are a little higher that when I assess them, but then their performance in the group is a little bit lower. It's like, oh man, you really can't hang with this group. We've got to do something about that. Other times it's the opposite. They do very low, you know, independently when I'm calling them out to ask them, read some words, whether it's nerves or whether it's just that independent factor, they can't do things. And then they get in a group and it's like, oh, this group I think is actually a little too 
low for you and I need to move them. So sometimes I have the best laid plans, but after that first week, I'm like, oh man, this is too easy or this is too hard for you and I need to make some moves. So this summer, I wrote several stories that are back to school themed in each of the reading levels so that we can just practice procedures. And if we make it through the whole book, then that's great and wonderful. If we kind of buzz through it because, oh, it's only a four-day week or only a two-day week or, or whatever, that's fine. But it gives me something to practice with my students so that we can just talk about procedures. For example, whenever we're using our highlighters, we only highlight a word one time and we talk very specifically about that. We don't scribble over it. That wastes the ink. We just go over it one time. What do we do when we're pounding our words? What do we do when we're stretching out our words? What do we do when we are trying to follow along? And so not that they have to be mastered after one week. We know that sometimes procedures for some of our students do take a while, but they also have to be explicitly taught. And so that was kind of the purpose of these back to school books. Um, they're not extremely easy for that reading level or extremely hard. They're just kind of middle of the road. I tried to use some sight words that will be very common, some of the decoding words, you know, whatever that uh, target is for that level. I tried to use some of those words because I want to get a good idea of, oh gosh, they already know how to decode, you know, this type of word. Ooh, this book is going to be, you know, if this book is easy for them, then future books are going to be way too easy. I need to make some changes. And so it's just kind of a, a fun book, an easy way to get the school year started with a back to school theme while we're learning procedure. So if that's something that you want, again, those are linked in the show notes. You can download them for free so that you can kind of use those as you start your first week of actual groups so that you can teach some of those procedures, read something that's kind of back to school themed and get a good idea of if that reading series would work for each particular group as far as the level and the ability, what sight words it's targeting, what decoding skills it's targeting, and that kind of thing. So just a fun little uh, different twist, but you could definitely just dive into week one if you are a reading series user. So in a nutshell, that is what my first week of school will look like. I want to try to have all of those IEPs at a glance and move-in scheduled ahead of time. I would love to have everything perfectly organized and in place before students even arrive in the building so that maybe that second half of the first day, I can really start assessing students, start finishing off a schedule. And then week two for me, um, but really the third, fourth, fifth day of school um, for students, then I could really work on actually pulling them and doing that back to school book so that I can get a good idea of if everybody is in the right reading level before we dive into week two of school where then it's like, okay, now we're ready to roll. So um, I hope maybe this is helpful. Remember, I have some books linked in the show notes, the freebie linked in the show notes. So make sure you grab that and I'll see you next week. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the Resource Room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.